Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Ann Ukenin. God's so good. It's story time. But you know what, if you, if you know, like if you think about it, my stories actually have a reason and a purpose. And there's a lot more things in them than you'd think. Hallelujah. It's, uh, it's, it was June. I'm almost done, but not quite done. But I'm done with the children. And that's, a, yeah, I, yeah, the children are gone. <laughs> Met the new ones, and, I, and they're all gone until September. So praise the Lord. It's, it's always interesting in June. June's always interesting. There's a, I'm like, like, they're, you know, acting like crazy. You're like, I'm like, God, like, I mean, we can't, like, I, like, I can believe for better. I can believe that, you know, that this can go a little bit better, but like, they're having a little talk sesh while I'm trying to teach and at the carpet, they're not even sitting down. They're just standing there talking. Hello, right here, right here ready to speak, the timer goes off all year long telling you a signal that you're going to come to the carpet and do something led by me. But no, we're just chatting. Like there's a lot of familiarity at the end of the year. And I'm thinking that, that that's something we need to, you know, mix it up so that they're not so familiar and so that they're just kind of ignoring and I'm all of a sudden turned into background noise and <laughs> where I'm actually there to speak to them and we still have things to do in, in June, but you know, we do a whole lot less because you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not making a bad confession about my class. They're not crazy, they're not nuts. My class listens at the end of the year, my class, you know. <sighs> and then it comes and you're like, goodbye. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> One of the teachers said, you know, um, it's been a short school year and it's, they're going to a long summer with their parents. So it's, it's, it's a busy time and, uh, and uh, we get gifts and everything. And one of my students, he, uh, well, mom said, oh, he, he thought about this gift and like knew that this was perfect for you. He like, he remembered this, this all year. And I'm like, what did he remember? I'm like, what could it have been that he remembered <laughs> and then gave me a gift because this is just perfect for Mrs. Zuckinen. I'm like, I'm like, oh, what could it be? And I was just so curious. I didn't have time to open it, but I went to him and I, he wouldn't tell me in front of his mom, but he would talk to me later. I said like, what, what, what memory were you thinking about when you got my gift? And he's like, oh, when you sang the song at Christmas and we sang this song um, about on, the, on the, the last week of December, I heard a student say, and uh, mine was, I lost my mitten. Uh, where's no? Where's my other mitten? And so, and I said it very dramatically, and the, all the kindergartens laughing, thinking this is so hilarious. Um, but and I was like, oh! And so I opened the gift, and it's this mitten, and it, there's not one, not two mittens, but one mitten ornament. And so whenever I have that ornament, and I like, I have to save it till Christmas because my Christmas tree ornaments are put away. But I have it, like I'll think of him. And remember that moment and knowing that that memory he remembers. But I didn't probably need to ask him about it because I would have just been able to open it and known what he meant because we know each other. We've spent time with each other. 
And, and he knew me, and he had a connection with this memory that I had a connection as well. I remembered fondly about it. I was like, this morning, Ari was looking for his hat. I'm just tattletailing on, on him. He's looking for his hat. He couldn't find it. I'm like, did you check the office? And sure enough, it was the office. I didn't see where he took it off. I didn't see where he put it. But I just, I'm like, it's in the office. I'm sure it's in the office. And lo and behold, it was in the office. You know, we have talents, gifts, and abilities to strengthen one another. My, mine are putting things in the refrigerator that don't, don't seem to fit. <laughs> I can fit them in. I also am good at finding things in the refrigerator. And so he knows me, and he knows if he can't fit it into the fridge, he'll just ask me. And then if he can't find it in the fridge, he'll just ask me, and I'll go and find it. Like, I just, there it is, I know. I know. I got, we get to know one another when you're married and you spend time with one another. I've spent, I got to know the, my students pretty well. More, you get to know your spouse even more. You get to know people when you start to be around them. And you have experiences with them. And I want to just go to someone who got to know Jesus. And in Luke 19, in the very beginning, this is where Jesus is on his way. He's, going for, he's in, approaching near Jericho, going to go on to Jerusalem. And, and in this time period, he's going to go get the colt. And he's going to go ride off into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and then kill the next week. So this is kind of the period of time where he is, near his end. So he's got about a couple, couple weeks or so. And so he's passing through. And so he's known in the area because people were talking about him. And so people knew him. Maybe didn't know, know him, but they knew about him. And even knowing about him got people healed. Even knowing about him changed lives. And so Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. He was a tax collector. In the Amplified, it even said, like, well, here, we'll, I'll, I'll jump there in a bit. But it says, and behold, there, uh, um, yeah, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was a, a little of little stature. So we kind of focus on that bit about him, that he was sh a really short man. How short was he? He couldn't see among, in the crowds. And so he wanted to see Jesus. He was seeking. He was seeking Jesus. He wanted to know him. This is going to be good. This is, there's some things in here that are really good. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, uh, for he was to pass that way. And Jesus came to that place and he looked up and he saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. He's going to stay there, spend the night. He's about to make his journey into Jerusalem, but he needed a place to rest. I don't know about you. If you go into another city, hey, um, you know, I'm going to stay with you tonight. I don't know how that go, but he was seeking Jesus. He was seeking him so much that he climbed a tree to see him. He wanted to see him. If you want to see him, if you want to know him, 
he will show himself to you. In fact, you don't need to want it first because he's already knocking at the door of our hearts. And the great news is, is you let him in. But he's knocking on other people's hearts as well. And so... And he did make haste. So, so he, Zacchaeus, he ran down. He got, came down quickly, and he re- received him joyfully. Yeah. He is so excited. Think about this man, and it's gonna. And it says, and when they saw it, the crowd of people, they all mar- muttered and murmured, saying, "That he, that he was gone to be a guest with that man. That is a sinner. That is a sinner." And then in the Amplified, it even says, um, and when the people saw it, they all muttered among themselves and indignantly complained, he has gone in to be with the guest and lodge with a man who is devoted to sin and preeminently a sinner. This is what he is, a sinner. And so, you know, he has a reputation. So I'm sure that he's not doing only just stealing taxes. This was a naughty, bad guy. Horrible guy. That people were complaining, like, because wouldn't you think that's that's not quite fair, right? Because everybody usually who's pressing to see Jesus wanted to see him, you know? And I'm sure the whole crowd would have just loved for Jesus to spend the night with them. That would be great. But here, this guy, this guy who does all the bad stuff and, in fact, steals from us, he's getting to receive Jesus and he's doing it joyfully. It's like, oh, how dare. That's not fair. That's not fair. But God wanted something to get done here. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any, any man, by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Now here, this is what Zacchaeus purposed in his heart to do. But some things to think about is that Jesus didn't tell him, this is what you should do. Hey, you need to also say sorry to all of them. It's like, this is bad, you shouldn't have done this. You can, this is how you can fix the problem. Something was happening in Zacchaeus' heart well before he actually met Jesus. He had heard about Jesus. He probably had heard Jesus' teachings. He joyfully received him, so he wanted to be in Jesus' presence. And he wanted to have a change take place. And I'm guessing he didn't know what was going to happen next or what Jesus would have said next. Because in order to get forgiveness, you had to go to the temple and do some stuff, kill some stuff. Get Well, the priests had to, and then you had to go through some rituals to, get, uh, to be forgiven and, and do all these things to get clean. But Jesus said unto him, this day is salvation come to this house for so much as he is also a son of Abraham family. He became family that day. He became forgiven. Salvation came to his house. Literally, (laughs) Jesus came to his house. 
But not only that, he was cleansed that day. He was forgiven that day. The word was at work and he received it. And joyfully, just he like joyfully received Jesus so that he could tell him that he was going to do this. Because you don't just, you know, off the fly do something like that. He had thought about this and he received forgiveness from Jesus. And it said in verse 10, 10, it says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and save that which was lost. And here he is, Zacchaeus, restored to the family. Not the family of the Jews, but to God's family. God's family and who he was. This is so good. But no one had to tell him what to do. He did it himself. And he did it when he got to know Jesus. And he just naturally, when you get to know Jesus, do the right thing. And and, And that's kind of like, it's kind of like not really do the right thing, but do the God thing. Because we get to know him. And in his word, it says, you know, that, you know, he wrote the law on the stone, but he wants through Jesus, he wants to write his laws in our heart. And as you know, that my, I have lots of different kinds of students. I have the rule followers that are just doing it because it's the rule and we've got to do it. It's so interesting how schools, like a classroom can just mirror society. But anyway, (laughs) there's the rule followers that just really want to follow. And there's ones that, you know, would never do something like that because they just, just know it's not right. You don't do that. And then we have some that are just blatantly doing it some help and then also need some consequences to help and then need some training to help but I surely love those those ones that just it's like it's written on their heart and they know to do what's right there was one time I just put my cell phone on top of of some papers and I had told a student oh you can go get those papers and they were just standing there because my cell phone was on on top of the papers and I had ne- I've never told my students, don't touch my cell phone. I have a code on my cell phone. <laughs> but um, just so, you know, just in case, because you never know, because you never know. But I have a code on my phone, and, you know, I don't want them to open things and stuff like that. And, you know, like, oh, look at this. But new, like, I'm in a conundrum here, because I'm like, the paper that I need is under the cell phone, but they just stood there and didn't touch. And I was like, Wow what's in them is so much more than touching something that they like shouldn't touch I did because I didn't say anything and we get a little concerned about what should we do what is this what I do or what that you know if we seek him first we'll know what to do and we'll know how to do it and it'll be in us because he's in us. Not, we, he knocked at the door of our heart. We received him in. He's writing his laws in our heart. It's natural to do what he says. It's natural to hear his word and do it. How do I know this? Because of Zacchaeus, 
who was a chief, he was a sinner. I mean, Paul was the chief of sinners, but he was a good enough sinner to have a bad, bad, bad reputation. He had a bad reputation, but he knew what to do when he knew Jesus. And he didn't need Jesus really telling him what to do. He just knew it was in him. Jesus is in you. You know what to do. He's writing his laws on your heart. You read his word, and and we talk about confession, and confession is really good. It helps wash our mind. It helps us clean our mouths, you know, and wouldn't you rather be saying his word than something else about a situation? You know, until you know what to say, you can say his word about the situation (laughs) and and those kinds of things. But it's like he's not like a ritual, and he's not a good habit to follow. He's like, he's our guide, the love of our life. I'm like, I naturally want to bless my husband because I love him. So I want to do things that he likes. And so you have Jesus, who you love, and you want to do what he likes. It's in go to Ari school and learn about him <laughs> before I got married to him. I mean, like, you know, there is dating, but getting to know someone, <laughs> and in this case, engagement, which was longer than dating. Um, <laughs> but I was getting to know who someone who I already knew. Because all along the way, ah, that confirms that. Get to know him a little bit more. Oh, that confirms this. So getting to know Ari was a confirmation of what I knew. And so you and you knowing Jesus is a confirmation about what you already know, or maybe you don't know, but you is in there, is in you. And so when you get to know more about him, it just confirms what's already in you about him. Now, when we get to know husbands and wives and other people, we get to know about, about little quirks and things that, you know, you know, what they like, what they don't like. You know, I, I know what God likes, you know, um, but I know that God doesn't have preferences. You know, you can have something that you, I would prefer. Well, you know, every, it's like hard. I know Shalane it has a hard time figuring what fit my favorite drink is because I change it up on her all the time. <laughs> but when I go to Timmy's, I prefer a steep tea. Yeah, actually, that's an easy one. But sometimes it's not there. So I can drink something else. I can, you know, I'll, I'll, I can figure it out. It's not going to be a coffee. But I can figure out something else to drink from there. But I have a Heavenly Father who doesn't have what he prefers. Oh, I'd really like it if my child listened to me. But since they're going this direction, maybe we can work out. I don't think that's a preference. <laughs> I don't think God has preferences. <laughs> I think he has what he wants <laughs> and then everything else. <laughs> and you know, he is right yes, he is. all the time. In a, you know, when you have 
a couple and things happen, and you, you think you're both right, but there's versions of what's right. <laughs> and if you think you're right, you're probably you're wrong right away <laughs> in that too. But you, you, you know, you get your story straight and you figure things out. We don't want to get our story straight and figure things out with God. We want to follow what he says because he has a good plan. Case in point, Jesus. Good plan. So his plan for your life, better than you giving input. But the great thing is he knows you. Just like I know my husband, what he likes. Likes pepperoni pizza. Ugh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's so hard <laughs> getting pizza <laughs> because he loves me and he, 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 he compromises. <laughs> so I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to eat pepperoni, which I don't like at all. But it's great news that you can do half and half. But we don't want a half and half with God. You have your side of the pizza, I have mine, and we're both kind of happy. I want what he wants. He's in me, and so I can know what he wants. And I feel like some people just don't ask him because they just don't really want to know the answer to what they're doing. Because I'm like, I hear, I hear it in people talking, not necessarily here. Not here. <laughs> I'm like, but I hear when people are making decisions and deciding about things and going, oh, interesting. Well, have fun. <laughs> I, I, like when we were in our apartment and I did not, I, I would really, the condo living was okay, but not really. And <laughs> it was in a tower way up on the 25th floor in a small, tiny, 628-square-foot apartment for the first, like, our first couple years of marriage. Bless God, a miracle happened there. <laughs> and then we moved out before COVID. Praise Jesus. Because I don't know where I would have worked when we're both working from home. That would have been, like, I'd have to have sit, sat on the bed or worked, did something. But God knew when I needed to move. And I knew enough to move when God said to move. Because I have done the opposite. And stayed when I shouldn't have stayed. And gone when I should have gone. And it wasn't pretty. But now I know to stay until we go. And you know what? There's just some discomfort in it. There was discomfort. Like, you know, the constant, like, battles with the person that was parked beside us in the smallest parking stalls in the world. We come out to Surrey and I'm like, wow, these spaces are huge. <laughs> but there was certain, like the elevator. And then the constant flooding that people made stupid choices and there was leaking and stuff in, in the, these places. I'm like, I'm not our condo. Not our condo. This one, this leak happened above and the water went around and touched the apartment on this side and touched the apartment on that side no water leaking in our apartment Amen. 
that is the protection of the Lord. That even in a crazy place, you can be protected from leaks. But don't buy a condo downtown unless God says so. Because <laughs> I was just waiting. I'm wondering, like, because the elevator kept on breaking down. I'm like, you know, when are they going to ask to pay money to pay for a new elevator? I was like, but God knew when. And God knew how. And I listened and I followed his instructions. So he's a good God. Let's go to uh, John 14 now. Because he went to go stay with Zacchaeus. And that's exciting news. That he went to stay with him. And I'm sure he, he learned more than just how to fix the problem. But now how to go through life forgiven and part of the family. And not just some big sinner over there. Why does Jesus get to stay with him? He, gets, he can stay with anyone, actually, that wants to. And he was seeking him. Really, really seeking him. So in the crowd... Jesus knows who's seeking him. He knows who's seeking him. Because there can be warm bodies that look like they're listening. And you guys doing much better than five-year-olds in June (laughs) and six-year-olds in June. But I've learned that just because a child is sitting there doesn't mean anything's going in. (laughs) They could be thinking about all sorts of other stuff. But seeking him, really seeking him. I'm going go to my, go to my notes. And verse 21, it says, He that hath my commandments. So interesting. It doesn't say who knows. It says, has, has my commandments. Doesn't just know them. You have his commandments when he comes into you. He said he's the word made flesh and dwelt among us. He's the word. And we, he knocked on our heart. We said, hey, Jesus, come on in. Open the door. Let him come in. And that word, his commandments, is in us. We invited it in. We invited him to work in our heart. And just like that little girl stood there, not touching the cell phone, we know what to do and what not to do. Um, So, he that has my commandments and keeps them. And I I love it so funny because some people do. They really know his commandments. (laughs) But they don't have them, nor do they keep them. (laughs) But they know a lot about them. And that's, you know, which is interesting, because I have the know-it-all kids that can tell me all the rules, but bless God, don't do them. (laughs) They can tell me all about them, but then don't do it in the moment. So 
Hallelujah. Just could, wish I could invite myself into their heart. <laughs> so, and keeps them. He it is that loveth me. And we love him. And I know when people love me, because they actually, like, they they act differently. They don't just do things because they have to, because they're related to me. Or they do this because they just have to. They do it because they want to. And you can tell when someone wants to versus has to. <laughs> and, uh, and, he, um, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Like, be there. Be with you. Manifest himself. Be like here right now. We just have to love him, and he's made manifest to us. We don't have to go, ooh, Jesus, where is he? We, he's made him, he's manifest to you. Do you love him? You can say yes, then you, he's manifest to you. And you can know him just as surely as you can know someone beside you. And even better, because he's in your heart. And then Judas, I find it so interesting that it was Judas that asked the question. <laughs> I'm like, of all, of all people of all times when he's talking about this, about making himself manifest. You know, like Judas was there listening too. But, you know, we all know how that went. Judas, uh, you know, like, so don't be too disappointed when the person that you're pouring into <laughs> has a problem. <laughs> because Jesus poured into Judas. And he had a problem. And Judas said unto him, uh, unto, uh, 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 no, not Iscariot. It was the other Judas. Excuse me. Lord, oh good, thank goodness. Thank goodness it wasn't him. Oh, hallelujah. He wasn't listening intently. Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto um, us and not unto the world? So that's when we, we get a little bit um, sad when the world is not acting how we want them to act. But he's not manifest to them. He's not writing his laws on their heart. So, of course, it's going to be crazy and nuts. I'm like, you have to stop watching the news because every time I turn it on, I'm like, who is that crazy nutball? And <laughs> I'm like, and I'm glad I know Jesus because he makes sense and he's wonderful and he's good and he always speaks the truth and he, you know, he doesn't lie and he doesn't have like weird, crazy ideas. And not only that, it, they, it doesn't change over time. But it, he's constant. And then so, so just turn the news off. And um, so he's not, so he, how is it you'll manifest to, to us and not the world? Because like, think about it. If I, was, if I was with Ari and we were at the restaurant and like Shalane came in and came, she would manifest herself to both of us. It wouldn't be like, you know, I saw her, but he, Ari didn't. It wouldn't be like that. So I'm sure they're like, okay. What's going on? Like, how can it be that, that, that you can be there for us, and then, but you're there, and then you're not there for them? How can that be? Because, like, we both have eyes. We both can see. Tell me, God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And he will come unto him and make our abode with him your dwelling place, a place where he lives, abode. 
he'll live with you. Not just like, you know, move in for a short period of time. Although, sadly, some people do that. But, and then they boot Jesus out. They're like, nope, sorry, had enough of you. No. Well, he didn't really live with them, if that's the case. But they'll come and live. They, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit, come and live with us. That's what he's doing right now. You know, like, you don't have to wait, like Pastor Gwen. Don't have, you know, you might want to call her. She doesn't need all the calls. That I'm sure that if everybody called her whenever they all wanted to call her, she, her phone would not stop ringing. <laughs> but wouldn't you just love to have her live with you? <laughs> she doesn't want to live with you. <laughs> but she has someone living with her that lives with us too. Amen. And you can get to know him too. And you don't have to get to know him because you know Pastor Gwen. It's like when you go to a party and you meet someone and you're like, oh, I, I know you through someone else. Like, oh, you're that person. I know that person. And then you try to find out how you are linked together, but you kind of know them, but you don't know them. And so you kind of like are linked by other people that you vaguely know. It's not like that. I don't vaguely know Jesus. I know him because he lives with me. And you know him because he lives with you. And that's why when people say something about Jesus who lives with me, and it doesn't sound like Jesus who lives with me, I'm like, I don't think that Jesus that, who lives with me lives with you in the way that he lives with me. Because I know him. And he doesn't, like, you know, leave the laundry all over the floor. He cleans up after himself. And you're saying he does that? I don't think so. I don't think you really know him. And you know someone that you live with. You get to know all the parts. But, you know, there's no unpleasant surprises with Jesus. It's all good news. Because he is good news. It's like, oh, I wish I hadn't had him live with me. Rats. Such a clean, clean freak. No, none of that. He's, he's concerned with cleanliness, let me tell you, of your soul. <laughs> and so, um, he that loveth me not and not keepeth my, uh, my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father. Okay, I'm sorry, I need to start reading. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. He only says and does what the Father says and does. He's like, he's not, you know, you know, the kids that go to dad and they don't get the answer they want. They go to mom, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and get the answer that they want. You know, they go, they know who to go to get the answer they want. No, there's none of that with Jesus and God the Father. You're going to get the same answer from both places Amen. and maybe get into trouble because, like, you know, you, I got into trouble a little bit more if you did that, right? <laughs> and uh, the, these things which I have spoken unto you, being yet present with you, so he's with them, but the comforter with, with, which is the Holy Ghost, 
whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Isn't that great? That he brings things to your remembrance so you need, that, you know, he, tell, he reminds you. And he reminds me, too, of other things. He reminds me of things to do, practical things, too. He does a lot of reminding for me. And I spend a lot of time saying, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me about that. Thank you so much. <laughs> because, you know, if he wants to remind us. He wants our day to go well. He wants, you know, you to be in the right place at the right time. And it's not like when I leave to go for work and leave Ari, it's not like I do the same thing with Jesus. He comes with me. Amen. He's not just in my house, but he's in my house yeah. with me. Amen. Here, wherever I go, I've got him. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, like, you know, if I have to make a decision, call Ari, and, or, and, you know, and if he's busy in work, I have to wait for the answer. No, I can get the answer now because he's with me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so he lives we may he we like he said we the whole godhead which is like so cool like he's like up in heaven seated in the throne room but he's also here like super neat but anyway so cool so cool but he's living in us abiding in us in our hearts and if we go move back a bit to 14 and verse 1 it says Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that wherever I am, there ye may be also. And we're living in what he said right there. We're living in that right now. And so he is preparing a place for us. And we talk a lot about the mansions in the sky. And we do. Um, but it's the same word, if we go down to where he says he makes his abode with us, is the same word that's in here it said, where it says, in my father's house are many mansions. So we are his mansion. He's making his home in us. He's preparing us. He's pre- and he's preparing a place. A place is like, in this case, is like one place. Not a bunch of different places. Not a vague place. Like, go to Canada. You know, like, I know, you know, you go, you go traveling, and then you say, oh, I'm from Canada. Oh, do you know so-and-so? I'm like, no, no, I don't. No, I don't. Canada is a very big place. Even though it has less population than the U.S., chances are we live far away. Even Vancouver, or, you know, like I say Vancouver when I go around sometimes. It depends on the people because, you know, sometimes they know better, you know, not Surrey because they're like, Surrey, England, Surrey, whatever, Vancouver area. But, oh, I know so-and-so. Do you know them? This is not like that. this is not like that this is a place that's specific for you a place that's specific for you like a kind of like and you get put there 
Allow him to place you. Allow him to put you in the place that you're supposed to be. Do you know you're in the place right now? You can know you're in the place right now. It's very easy to know. Because in the place doesn't mean there's not a lot of work to do. In that place is not the vacation. The place is not a vacation. You might have a time for vacation, like Pastor Gwen, she went on vacation. You know, you can go on vacation, but your place is not a vacation. It's where you reside, where you occupy, where you are, that place. And he's living with you. And he's showing you what to do. And you know what to do. And whither I go, ye know. And the way, you know. You know the way. He is the way. And you can go in it. You can walk in it. And if he's in you, he will show you. And he will know. You'll know it. You'll know that it's the way. And I go back to this example of my job a lot. Because when you have multiple choices, you really don't have multiple choices. There's one. One way, Jesus. One way, Jesus. <laughs> you don't really have multiple choices. Like, there's one. There's the one for you. The place. And he prepares it for you. And never should you ever go by what you see. And never should you ever go by a pro-con list. Because sometimes the place has lots of cons. <laughs> but a miracle of miracle happens when you go there. You're just where you're supposed to be. And doing what you're supposed to be doing. And what's really cool about Zacchaeus is he wasn't saved. He, wasn't, he didn't speak to Jesus beforehand. We know this because he was looking for him. He didn't know what he looked like. He climbed a tree so he could look and see him. And he didn't have a Holy Spirit. But he still had salvation come to his home. We have so much more. We are so well equipped. We can't possibly not do it. And when we look at what's in our hands, those are in our hands. He is in our hands. Holy Spirit's in our hands. Not just the natural resources, but there's so much more spiritual resources that you have to do what he's called you to do. Know what he's called you to do and go do it. So easy. I'm going to pray for us this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I, we can read your word, that you are your word, that we can take your word to the bank. And it's a note that you can, we can count on, that we can stand on, that we can build our life upon. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for all the people 
that have ca- that heard your word. And the stories that we read are not just stories, but they're you. You at work in them. And when people come and they give testimonies, they're testimonies of you at work in people. You and others. But we don't have to know you from a distance. We can know you for ourselves. We can know what you would like. Not what you would prefer, but what you would like and love. And that will make choices that you love and like and enjoy. And we don't make choices that you have to work a miracle to fix. (laughs) Because you do. You do fix things. You fix things gloriously. But I thank you that we can walk through life knowing confidently that we're in the place that you prepared for us in advance. That you prepared a home for you to live when you prepared us. And that you put gifts and talents and abilities to help one another. That just like Zacchaeus heard that he is part of the family, that we're part of your family, that is not just one person, but our brothers and sisters. And so I thank you, Lord, that you help us make decisions, that we want to follow after you, that we have the right priorities, that when we seek you first, all those things, all those things that are going on behind us, in the background, get settled because we look to you first. And thank you for living in us. Thank you. Thank you that you didn't stop knocking, but you kept on knocking until we opened the door. And I thank you, Lord, that you are knocking on some people's hearts, and we know those people's hearts right now. They're people that we've been praying for seems intensely for some people that that you've been knocking on their door. I thank you, Lord, that you don't quit knocking. I thank you that we get focused on the right thing, focused on you, and no one trusts that you're going to work in people's lives that we're praying for. I thank you, Lord, that we know you that we have eternal life, eternal life to know you, to know you, God, to know who who you are, all of who you are, not just how to follow rules, but to know you as a person. And I thank you that you're so wonderful to get to know, that every time we get to know more, it's even better than before. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. That you revealed something to us today and you're going to reveal something to us tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Isn't he good? Don't you love him? Don't you love what he's shown you about himself? He's not finished yet. 
He's not finished showing himself to you. Thank you, Lord, that you're real, that you're with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.